Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Radio Free America. This is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans. Another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Hey, welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live each weeknight at midnight Eastern for about an hour we talk about guns. Or tonight it'll just be me talking about guns, so it'll be a short show. I'm going to screen capture here, and we'll take a look at a couple of things I posted over on the Instagrams. So uh, we do this show on the daily. A couple of goals. One is to have a conversation about guns that isn't steered by the media, that isn't... Uh, based on whatever political strategy they have going on. Instead, just to talk about guns. Sometimes we nerd out. Sometimes we talk about movies or something. Sometimes we talk about uh, Second Amendment issues or advocacy. One of my personal favorites is uh, talking nuts and bolts with people who like to create content of their own. So uh, one of my projects has always been the uh, 2A history, and I've been calling it the 2A history project lately. And one element of that is the guncalendars.com. And so I have a website with a bunch of calendar on it, with a bunch of Second Amendment dates, uh, military uh, anniversaries, and uh, births, deaths, uh, inventions, a lot of firearms-related uh, things. And having a website is one thing, but another way to bring that history out is to get it on the other platforms. So a way of doing that is to do a quick video that we, I, I do those at the beginning of the month or whatever's coming up during the month. And I do it that way as opposed to any other, you know, in batches like that. Because during the month, I'll set aside time whenever possible to research more dates and add more to the calendar. People are helping with that. Uh, at the calendar, you can, you can suggest dates. Uh, people e email us with dates. So as we add to the calendar, uh, you know, the, when we do these once a month, it's easy to uh, uh, have it up to date. If I did them too far out in advance, you know, I wouldn't have it complete, in other words. Uh, anyway, so I did that for uh, July, just posted that up as a thank you to our patrons uh, who make that possible. And uh, we do the uh, chairs against the wall thing. Right, that comes from the movie uh, Red Dawn, but there's more to it than that. I think we actually have a website out there called the Chairs, uh, Chairs Against the Wall, or uh, Tongan's Long Mustache, both of them. And uh, those websites uh, describe where those uh, messages come from, from the uh, Radio Free America uh, broadcasting out to occupied France and letting the resistance fighters uh, know when the invasion was about to start or whatever other kind of codes. So hearkening to that, I guess, um, they uh, used it in Red Dawn. And in Red Dawn, it's a group of people that decided to act, that decided to do something. And that portion of the show or that portion of the movie is those people uh, finding some way to communicate, at least in one way, uh, one way communication with the outside world for the first time in a while, at least at that point in the movie. And in a lot of ways, that's what we base this show on, is getting the word out there for people who want to act. So uh, I just figured I'd mention that since we play that thing at the beginning of the show. And it's not because I just think it's cool sounding or whatever. It's uh, I think it has significance. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before. So since I'm in here by myself, you get to hear about that. Um, I put a couple of links out there, but nobody's biting. So... Uh, Yes, we'll go on to the next thing, which was the Star Spangled Banner uh, thing that Midnight sent me, and it sounded pretty neat. I never really thought about it. I've heard the story of the Star Spangled Banner, but never this way, and I like it. Yeah, I've heard is Francis Scott Key sitting out in a boat and watching the, the flag still sit there, 
uh, but never with this preface, I guess, or with this um, full story. So I'm going to play however long of this before we get copyrighted, and uh, we'll show something else. We'll show what's happening on the YouTube side. So we got a couple people out there. Ozzy and Patriot, thanks for jumping in. First is out there. All right, come on. Very much music here. Holding the American principle of humanity's men. The colonies were in. So, however, to a ball game, we stand in our story. Francis got terrorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. They said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one -one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats, and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity men. And he said, man, I've got news for you tonight. You're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't show that fort. That's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. All right, I want to get copyrighted. So that's three minutes in. So that was interesting, though. I never had heard, or at least I haven't recalled or reclaimed, reclaimed. Whatever. I haven't uh, remembered that it was uh, he went out, Francis Scott, he went out there to negotiate. And he, so he was on the boat and the British kind of said, OK, we're about to kick the shit out of the United States here. Um, Cycle brought up this isn't the Revolutionary War. You're right. This is the War of 1812. Uh, so this is when England and a bunch of other people came over here and started kicking our ass again. And uh, we already had this flag and we had Fort Henry. And I guess we had been taken prisoners. They'd been taken prisoners. So this lawyer guy, poet, is out on the boat doing this negotiation. And they're like, sure, but why don't you hold on since we're about to pummel that fort over there into submission until they take down the flag and give up and become a colony. And uh, this is the rest of the song. Or, I mean, this is the rest of the story. So basically the English were like, yeah, we're going to wail on that fort over there until you Americans give up and quit calling yourself Americans and go back to being a colony. And uh, there's a bunch of prisoners down below in the boat, and they're saying, hey, what's going on? And then they, they said, hey, you're about to bomb a bunch of women and children and stuff. This isn't a military fort, really. It's just a fort. And uh, they're like, yeah, well, no problem. All you got to do is take down that flag and surrender, and we will 
quit bombing you. We're just going to bomb the shit out of you until you surrender. So you've got an out. We're not going to we're not going to just slaughter you. As soon as you surrender, we'll we'll stop immediately. So I'm on to fast forward to not get copyrighted here. Paces from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners saying was, "Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag?" Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling. Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb. And Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. Admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? Don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said he remembered what George Washington had said. He said the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The Admiral said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on the rampart to take that flag down. He said, we don't understand something. Our reconnaissance tells us that that flag has been hit directly again and again and again, and yet it's still flying. We don't understand that. But he said, now we're about to bring every gun for the next three hours to bear on that point. Francis Scott Key said the barrage was unmerciful. All that he could hear was the men down below praying. The prayer. God, keep that flag. Okay, so they want to keep the flag up because what the hell, right? They're all in this thing for, to win it. So I'm going to fast forward in again so that, uh, okay, copyrighted hopefully. And so now, again, this guy's out there. There's all these prisoners down below in these cages in this boat and the deal is if we give up british boats there's like hundreds of them will quit pommeling us and if we leave the flag up then they're going to keep pommeling us so they've been beating the shit out of us all night they probably ran out of bullets nine millimeter cannons and to fort henry to see what had happened and what he found that happened was that that flag pulled and that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits and when it had fallen, but men, fathers, knew what it meant for that flag to be on the ground. Although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up humanly until they died. Their bodies were removed and others took their place. Francis Scott Key said what held that flag pole in place at that unusual angle were Patriots' bodies. He penned the song, Oh say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last meeting. For the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that the flag was still there. Oh say, does that star-spangled banner yet fly and wave for the land of the free and the home of the brave? Yeah, so when you think about the the lyric to that simple story, it really sums up that whole evening. Pretty cool. That was uh, uh, midnight. Send me that an email. Also hits home the whole let the grand the flag hit the ground. Anyway, so we got uh, LS Cycle jumped in. Appreciate it. Um, we've got a couple of things we like to hit on the show each day. 
but I uh, don't have a lot of stuff on a schedule for today. Wanted to play that. And I think that's what this is. Just a reminder. You can shut that off. Um, we can talk about movie. So somebody can come up with a movie. Well, you like to hit a gun movie. I like to hit a gun shop every day. So Ellis, have you ever recommended a gun shop for us? I think you might have once. Um, actually, I have a few times. Um, this is a, of yeah. course, I just got home from work, and my mind is not exactly, you know, focused at the moment. Well, <laughs> You'll have at least four minutes to come up with a gunshot. Uh, so anyway, we come up with a gunshot, and uh, no hurry. Right, so I was just letting people know they're telling me oh, I don't want to be in your damn chat tonight. <laughs> but um, what else we got? We like to talk about on Thursdays training. So I don't know what kind of training we might want to talk about. So we'll look at the audience. That's all what it's about is the uh, interactivity anyway. So if anybody's got any ideas for topics tonight, we'll uh, chat about those. If you guys... Uh, is that news to you, that whole uh, Star Spangled Banner thing? I mean, I'm sure I've heard of it in school, but I guess I uh, hadn't uh, heard that, like, preface to it. No, I've heard it before. Uh, uh, the interesting part was that a lot of people think that it had to do with the, with the original War for Independence and don't understand that it's actually from the War of 1812, which was the second War of Independence that people kind of forget about. You know, the, the British were not satisfied with the fact that we beat them the first time and they came back and said, no, 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 we're going to do this again. And we beat them a second time. Uh, in, in spite of the fact that, uh, you know, they hired the, uh, you know, the they made deals with the Indians and stuff against us and all that. You know, the French-Indian War, which is what the Eighth War of 1812 was. And it was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty scary. Uh, someone asked in the YouTube chat who the narrator was. I believe that was Paul. I can't remember his last name, but he's the guy that used to do, uh, he used to do the regular radio show where he used to call the pages out and now page three and he would go to, you know, go to the next page, but that, that sounded like his voice. You mean Paul Harvey? Paul Harvey. Thank you very much. I don't think it's Paul Harvey though. It didn't, no, have, uh, it didn't sound like his cadence. Oh, it sounded like him to me. No, I think he's right. Cadence or something. It's just, it, it sounded more like a preacher type of guy or something. I'm not familiar with. Sounded like he was in a church or something. This is the rest of the story. I used to love Paul Harvey. Well, we got a recommendation for a movie, The Patriot. So we'll talk about that one. Um, have you guys seen The Patriot? Yeah. Um, yes, it's just been a while. That's uh, Mad Max before the American or during the American Revolution. And yes, yeah, Mel Gibson. Goes to war, comes back. And there's all kinds of stuff happening. It's a pretty cool movie. I like it. Actually, he was a pacifist to start. I thought he went to war and came back, and that's why he was a pacifist. I'm no, no, he was he was a pacifist, and then uh, they, they killed, killed his, his kid. kid. They killed his son, and then he started killing them. So it looks like I need to watch it again too. Then, yeah, I remember there was axe throwing. Yeah, I think he did throw some axes in that one. And stole the British general's dogs, which I thought was great, by the way. How about the Big Red One? That's a good gun movie, war movie. I haven't seen that one in a while. Lee Marvin, Mark Hamill. Yeah, I watched it not too long ago. We talked, I remember talking about it. Um, yeah, it's a neat one. I always thought that was a very good movie. Um, Doug is saying he had been in the French and Indian War, so that's maybe that's what I was remembering, and then that's why he was a pacifist. 
the OR of 1812 also then, or was it Revolution of the Park? Well, it doesn't make any sense because the only two times we fought the British were during the French and Indian War and during the Civil War. Wait, what? The anniversary? The Revolutionary War, you mean? Yeah. Well, the French and Indian War, we didn't fight the British, right? Well, I'm going to go look at the Patriot. Is it the Patriot about the Revolutionary War or is it about the War of 1812? I missed that last part. No, it says, well, I just quit talking because I was looking. It says the Colonel Militia during the American Revolution. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was during the Revolutionary War, yeah. So the French and Indian War was after the Revolutionary War. Oh, yeah, 30, 30 years later. All right, well, we got a lot of dead air. So I guess that was our movie. And then he was at war, then decided to be a pacifist after seeing the violent war. That's what I thought. But then it was some kind of Indian war, I guess, they're saying. Well, that was the, the, the War of 1812 was the French and Indian War. But it was the British who paid them. No, I don't, I don't believe that's true. I don't think that the French and Indian War was prior to the Revolution. I believe the French and Indian War was after. You're saying the British paid the French? No, the British paid the Indians and the French were on our side. Right, that's what I thought. So uh, this says the French Indian War comprised North American theater of the world seven years, 1756 to 1763. So that would be pre 1776. Oh, uh, then I'm then I'm mistaken because uh, the 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 other one was uh, 1812. So yeah, the so then uh, yeah, they're saying this pitted the colonies of British America against those of New France. So was the French and the Indians were ganging up on us? Oh, is that when the Indian was that when the when the Canadians burned down our? No, we went out of White House yet. Yeah, I don't know. No, the, it was the British that burned the uh, the capital of Washington. Burned burned the White House. That happened during the War of eighteen twelve. I thought. And the guy that was narrated in the proper, the prior piece was David Matherson. I just looked that up. Do we know who that is? Like, what did he do? I'd never heard of the guy before, so you got me on that one. Okay. But you're right. I, I thought it was Paul Harvey, but it was not. It was David Matherson. So, on August 24th, 1814, after the defeating Americans at the Battle of Ladensburg, a British force led by Major Robert Ross burned down buildings, including the White House known as the presidential mansion, blah, blah, blah. So that was... Yeah, that was 1812. The War of 1812, which went for a couple, two, three years, yeah. I guess it was set on fire twice. Since the founding of the United States in 76, the fire occurred during the War of 1812. James Madison was the president. The second of fire was in 1929. So I think the other one was just some kind of fire. I don't think I might burned it down in 1929. No, somebody probably dropped a candle or something. Yeah, that's probably when electric was bad or something. So. All right, well, we're learning history all over the place. And since we're talking history, I'm going to go look at gun history. And I have not, so I'm going to be digging through it here. But, um, yeah, we're date today because nobody's jumping in. And that's just sitting there. You're the last person typing there. And this one's broke. And let's see. Yeah. Yeah, shame on you people for not being over on gun channels. That's all right. When when YouTube finally gets rid of all the the gun stuff, then that you know they'll be over here because they'll have to be. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But they'll be you know second class gun channel citizens. Hey, I thought I was a second class gun channel citizen. No, I'm I'm third class bulk rate. 
1945, today, 1945, MacArthur announced that the liberation of the Philippines from its Japanese occupiers was complete. Hmm. In 1954, the B-52A bomber made its maiden flight. 1954, they still fly them. Okay. Yeah, those things are amazing. That's a that's another great movie, right? The one that uh, what's his name was in? Oh shit, I can't remember his name. B-52. Yeah. I'm not thinking of a B-52 movie. Stewart, James Stewart. You're talking like the B thirty six or whatever, the giant one? No, I think it was I think it was B fifty two. Well there's the movie called uh, Strategic Air Command and that's the B Oh maybe that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Where they crash in like the winter somewhere, like the snow at the end, and then they have to find them. They're like on a long range flight and they run out of gas or something or do something and they have to crash. I I have never seen that movie, and that's probably because it's got Jimmy Stewart in it, and that well, guy's voice just drives me crazy. The only movie where you'll get a B-36, which is the largest plane we ever made, and we didn't really use them, so they were made at the end of the war. They had both jets and propellers on them. They were the largest thing we ever pushed up into the air with nuclear bombs in it, uh, because after that we went to missiles. So uh, it's kind of a neat movie just to be able to see, you know, they have real footage of those planes taken off and stuff where just they're massive, massive planes. Make everything else look like little tiny airplanes. It was like the end of the, let's make the planes bigger type of era. And then they started getting smaller and more weird looking. Um, Statue of Liberty reopened after being refurbished in 1986. That's the... Um, Speech that we listened to yesterday was Reagan at the Statue of Liberty in '86. So that was a pretty good one. Kind of weird. I searched for the speeches yesterday, and you you can't find very many inspirational speeches. It's, it's definitely dominated on Google search. Very interesting phenomenon. You looking up the fifth? Oh, I'm looking at the fifth on this military history one. Oh, okay, all right. Ons and ons. If you find anything interesting, feel free to throw it in. That's all right. Yeah, because it's just sixed out here already. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always just pick whatever's this one happens to just give me the date, so I pick today since it's still there. All right. Well, I've been just reading all these interesting things, but I'm not really saying any of them, so I guess we'll dig in to something else. None on this date. So, uh, Congressional Medal of Honors, I usually look down the bottom of this list to see how many. Uh, word and none. Massive, massive numbers the last few days. So that was the uh, end of Gettysburg, more than likely. Yeah. All right, well, that's interesting. I'm going to just maybe do a whole show just looking through that thing. Somebody could. So um, oh, it looks like Angelina's out there. should probably send her a link. Um, let's see. Did we talk about a movie? Did uh, Ellis ever come up with a gun shop? Did we give you enough time? Uh, Plantation Iron, Bluffton, uh, South Carolina. Very nice shop. I've actually done an interview with the uh, owner of the show. His name's Steve. Well, I'm playing, uh, playing what? Plantation Iron. You saying the number nine? Yeah, uh, no, I said plantation iron, I R O N. There we go, plantation iron. All right, Bluffton, yeah, South Carolina. You would think they would make like cultivators and stuff like that. Mm. They take cultivator blades and turn them into guns. Plowshares. So uh, you said you've been to this store and you've you've interviewed the uh, owner of the shop. I certainly have. Right on. It's um, on the playlist. Cool. So how long they've been there? What's the deal? Um. Oh, they've been there for quite a while, apparently. Um. They they. It's not a huge shop by any stretch of the imagination, but he's got for what it is. He's got a great selection. Um. 
And I think he orders from Davidson's, so he can get just about anything he wants, special order. But he's got, um, when I went in there, he had a nice little selection of AKs and an M1. Um, he, he had a couple of um, British carbines in there that I thought were kind of cool, including the Tavor. So he's got a nice selection of rifles and handguns. Interesting. So it, I noticed on their one page here, they didn't have a lot of pictures, but they had some sort of uh, like a testimonial, I guess. After my father passed away, I had no idea what to do with this collection. They helped me consign his guns, and they were very knowledgeable and fair. So um, that makes me think if you're uh, to go check out gun shops, I mean, there are people all the time who let go of collections for all kinds of reasons, right? And those local shops are places where they get you know changed hands and uh what could be a boring shop 99 percent of the time for a couple of weeks there might be rocking if somebody brought in a Moser in the gun collection or something that you're interested in right some of the best guns i own are consignment guns like this Craig Hoff ladder shotgun mix this way, if the birds are like, you have to climb up the tree to get to the birds, you can use this. You want to put the barrel down and climb up the ladder and then use the stock to pull the ladder, which is also the shotgun back up to you. I don't think it works that way. Yes. No. Yeah, you tie a rope to the stock. This is... Uh, you pull the gun up after you. These are people are too lazy to look to bring their head all the way down to the gun. Ugh, all the way down to the barrel. Ugh. Can you put me some kind of giant riser on there? All right. Oh, it's those guys that have those really big square lantern jaws, and they can't get their, their <laughs> head all the way down on a gun. Or for like those like Kirk, that Like Kirk Douglas, he would he would need a gun like this. That is pretty neat, though. Bunch of belt buckle knives, as in the survivors. Probably. Mm. Colt Derringers. What's this looking thing? Air rifle? That's weird. Now, when you first went to look at the website, it looked like they do hunts and stuff there as well? They definitely. This is an air rifle, isn't it? What's going on? Do you have one of these guns, Cycle? No. God, no. You know what it is? I've never seen one. No. That weird looking action there. You know, that's some kind of weird action. Look, Oh, that's a lover. But... This part here, I can't get it to stay. But, you know, that thingy there that I'm kind of sticking my crosshair on? Yeah. That's some sort of button. It looks like it's like some kind of weird Luger-looking thing, maybe? Or else it's an air gun. I never heard of such a thing. Now I gotta go yeah, I only own two air guns, so you got me. I've never seen that before, either. Whatever that is, new for me. It's an air gun. We're done. All right, so... Um, very cool. So this is nearby, or this like you visit it when you're? Oh, that's where I, that's where I do the FFLs. Look at, this. Look at this. Your name is on their website, dude. It says Ellis right on their damn website, right there. Yep, that's me. All right. Well, so obviously you're in with Big Plantation. So this is a big. Oh, shameless self promotion. I see that. You getting paid mm -hmm. by this place? They'll give you the air gun or the Charter Arms Explorer too. No, no, no. They're they're a nice bunch of guys. Um, that if you're in, if you're in the area and and you want a, a decent gun shop with fair prices, you're not going to go wrong with Plantation. It's a it's a good place. Right on. Well, I like a place that puts Russian or maybe like I guess that is Chinese uh, seven six two by thirty nine on the cover. Oh, it's Chinese, and then. This way you're talking about with hunting. Yeah, I, I thought I saw a. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's a uh, a deer down. You know. Yeah. Dove hunting, maybe. All 
Right on. So that's the whole point is talk about different gun shops every day. We'll stick that one in the show notes. So anybody that wants to check that out uh, can go check it out on their website. Thanks, Ellis, for uh, coming up with our gun shop today. If anybody wants to suggest a shop, you can you can always email us, dailygunshow at gmail.com. We're happy to uh, feature in your gun shop every single day. Angelina showed up late. We're almost over. This is the new. It's pretty much how I got through high school. So. Did you get the forms filled out like I asked you? No. You know I don't do anything. I'm like the shittiest. I'm the weakest link. <laughs> oh. Well. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was late, so I won't collect the check, but uh, I'll be even better on the next show. There you go. Right on. Well, you have a lot of English in you, from what I understand, so it must be difficult going through yesterday yeah it was so it was a really hard time for my family we all had to hide and some of us were allowed out in the light some of us were not but uh yeah it was a difficult time we got through it i was talking to a group of brits on the ham radio uh the other day and i wished them a happy ungrateful columnist day so that worked out pretty well yeah, I got a bunch of, so all my, like, family in England was like, happy 4th of July, but you miss us now. And I was like, nope, still don't. You think they'll ever get over that? You know, 13 colonies <laughs> kicking the ass of the greatest power on Earth at the time? No, they won't. English are a stubborn lot. Well, we're not, we're not the first ones to ever do that either. No, but we're the best ones, so. Amen. I, we're definitely like the, uh. The greatest success story, like oh, they beat their ass. Now look at them. Well, we're the scruffiest ones that ever did it. Well, America. All right. So let's see. We've talked about a gun shop. We like to do that every day. We talk about a movie. We also do that. We talked about history a little bit, which is another thing we're into. And we didn't talk about training too much. But what are you going to do? So that is pretty much the show today. We also like to talk about the other things that are happening out there um, that are efforts from regular people doing firearms-related stuff. So we usually talk about the shows over on Gun Channels. On uh, the morning, start off with Early Watch, move into the live open discussions hosted by Mr. Knives from California. Tomorrow's Friday, so the evening shows will uh, start off with I can't remember when these shows as soon as I start talking. Go over here to the schedule, where we keep the schedule for all the shows. Well, Clover has a Friday a Friday night show, right? Oh, yeah. As I can always think of them, you know, because I write Firearm Friday. Yeah, Firearm Friday. Just that I never remember the order when I start talking. So, yeah, oh, right at the people is Budget Guns and Gear at 7 p.m. Eastern. Then Jelsma is back. He does fur and fish, fur and firearms on Fridays now. That's the plan. That'll be at 9 p.m. Eastern. Then Clover Tax Firearms Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, followed up by Edge of the Week out of San Antonio. So two Texas shows, three Texas shows. And where's budget from? It's not Texas, I don't think. Uh, but that's three Texas shows on Friday. Anyway, then uh, we wrap up the week uh, with the Daily Gun Show at midnight. Uh, Ellis, you got anything coming up? Didn't you start doing another show each week, or are you just doing the interview shows? Um, not another show. I do my uh, interview shows on Monday nights at 11, and then on Tuesday nights, here lately, that's been hit or miss. Tuesday nights, uh, but uh, I normally do the Tuesday night show between 6 and 6.30. Uh, just here lately, like I said, I've been going camping and fishing and everything on Tuesday, so I try to put something out on about that time. I go live for a little while if I can get a signal. Um, and then I'll hit you with a late night show whenever the uh, mood strikes. So, And this week I am supposed to have C4 Defense on the Monday night show, so Sarge should be there this Monday. That Tuesday show is pretty much, as I remember it, always been pretty much a hit or a miss. Mostly 
Well, thank Number you. Thank, thank you, Dano. Um, you know what happened? It was great until you left. A while. You know, Ellis, you are quick as a whip, aren't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What about your roast? Uh, that's going to be in about two and a half weeks, I think, on a Monday night. Um, we're, we're, we are going to roast never enough ammo, so that ought to be fun. This is a slow roast. Could you start talking about that like a minute ago? No, no, no. I'd like this to say... Uh, one of those all day, you know, you, you, you put the pig down in the earth with the coals and it's got to be on there for like 12, 16 hours before it's ready. Yeah, well, it might last that. It might last that long, but we're putting this pig on alive. <laughs> All right. So what we forget to talk about often is what happens after this show. There's 25 people watching this show. We do appreciate that. So if you're looking for something to do throughout the evenings, depending on where you are, or throughout the night, um, a lot of times there's a live show after this one. Potatoes, who doesn't invite but didn't really come, in, will often run tater tube. Uh, late night open room. Uh, Knives sometimes has one of his chats running. Uh, Angelina is sometimes known to have some sort of a girly chat. And Maybe tonight. Other people will also post chats. Anybody's welcome to. So if uh, you want to talk about something or like Dead Horse, if he wants to talk about a topic, often he'll just start a room up on that topic, invite people in to talk about it, uh, or like I say, people open up rooms. So what it's all about, uh, be creative with it. Uh, if you know people that are interested in, in participating and creating, uh, let them know about gun channels and uh, dig into the stuff if you've done it before. It can be weird, but they can be really uh, in-depth sometimes. You get hosh on the right night, it can be some in-depth conversations. All right, well, everybody likes talking to hosh. He's a great guy. Except Angelina. I like Hosh. Trying to create controversy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like Hosh. So, um, all right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, Daniel, you want to do something about there can only be one California in the room at a time? California's not big enough. Well, I thought it had to do with maybe, you know, the whole state is splitting apart. So maybe that was why. I think me and Hosh would be in the same new state. Like when California split happens, I think we would actually be in the same state. By happenstance or by choice? By like the wherever the borders are, I think we would still yeah. be in the same state. Yeah, because they take San San Francisco and Los Angeles. Not like they draw a line right down the middle of Los Angeles. But what seems weird is those two cities from the outside politically look to me very much identical. So San Francisco and yeah, basically go from the ocean to about 75 miles inland, all the way up and down from from Oakland on south to San Diego. Geographically, you mean then? No, politically. I thought you were going to start singing California Love just now. California what? California Love by Tupac. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Well, neither do I. It's been a long time since we had Dan sing or just recite rap lyrics. Yes. So, I can uh, do it, but I, I definitely need a script. Patriot has a question about using Uber and Lyft and going uh -oh. back and forth from a gun shop or the range. I've done it. The question will be incoming here. Heard a noise, so that means somebody's chatting on the gun channel side. Night Strike is throwing something about the California Proposition 9 Three State Initiative. Night Strike, I need to talk to you, by the way. Oh, that's that thing where they want to divide California into three things. Yeah. And by the way, Angelina, since you, you are from California, I'm going to assume you are the uh, subject matter expert on this. So when is that vote and is it for sure? Um, I think you're trying to put it on November, and I hope not, because that's stupid. Don't ruin my beloved California. Leave it as it is. Just get rid of the liberals. California would be great. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I can deal with liberals. What I can't deal with is just dumbasses that are uninformed. And that's pretty much what they all are. No. Sometimes to save the body, you must amputate part of it. Yeah. It's not ideal. It's messy. It's painful, but it must be done. I'm thinking about taking off a couple of the outside toes to make myself lighter and also aid in swimming. Oh, you so know, it's like a fin? Well, th think of it this way. It would be a brand for, out of the past 50-some years I've been alive. That would be the first brand new idea I've ever heard for weight reduction. How to shave a few pounds. Don't Want a few pounds off for the weekend to look hot in that bikini on the beach? Well, just chop a few fingers. I don't know if Patriot is going to ask us a question or was the question about going to and from the gun shop. Is that a big deal? Do you care when as an Uber-ish? Oh, uh, as far as passengers? Yeah, like, like, is it allowed? Does Uber yeah. have like a list? Like, you can't take somebody to a porn place or a weird place or something or a violent place. And are they allowed to, to transport firearms? Can you take a Uber to a drug place where it's legal and then drive home with the drugs? Um. Generally speaking, whether you're working or not, you're not supposed to be committing a crime. Period. Well, I mean, the passenger, like if somebody Ubers you over and says, hey, give me a ride over to the drug place, I'm going to buy a bunch of drugs, and then just drive you home. If, if I'm aware of it and getting compensated for it, that would make me uh, part of the crime again. Well, okay. one, that's interesting. What, what happens in California and Nevada and all those places? What about, well, here's a real question. So say you're an Uber driver in California. I don't have a car. I need you to drive me to the gun shop so I can pick up my new shotgun. So is that against Uber law or is that like a personal decision your driver can make or? It's, it's not against the Uber rules, uh, and, but it would be up to the driver uh, since, uh, and again, you would be know more about this next part than I do, but when the car gets pulled over normally, what's in the car is assumed to be the driver's. Right. Uh, and then you get into check with your local authorities. <laughs> I mean, if you're transporting it in the manner that California insists that you do, I can't see why it would be a problem for anyone. I mean, unless you're just like very anti-gun, you're like, oh no, you're not bringing that in my car. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the driver always has uh, the right to not uh, accept a certain destination. Whether that's an example, maybe it's farther than he wants to go, or she. So um, we're. I just went live on Instagram. We're talking about whether or not Uber has, or the what if Uber has a, a rule about taking someone to a range or a gun shop, and then if a driver for Uber can object to a gun shop or a gun range. So is. Is the ultimate, like, at the end of the day, is it kind of like a driver refuses the right or reserves the right to refuse service? Like, Yes. So, so I could, if I'm an Uber driver and I pull up and I'm like, no, these people aren't getting in my car, I could just be like, sorry, no. Correct. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, but which is why I always, you know, this question has never come up, but whenever passengers ask me what I'll call similar things, I always tell them once you request a driver, text your driver with whatever issue you have, uh, so that they, they can, if they're not, if they're not cool with that, they can bow out of the drive and get you a, another driver quicker rather than wait till the driver gets to you and then ask the question. And then it just wasted another five, 10 minutes of your time as well as their time. And now everybody's upset. Just ask it up front. That's a good little piece of advice. I mean, if, if I mean, I, I I would have certainly no problem as long as it's uh, carried in my trunk. Is that due to the law or just your personal preference? That well, uh, because unless that person has a carry permit, it has to be in the trunk by law. Oh, okay. 
and be carried in a, um, you know, the ammo separate from the gun and carried in the either the box it came in or something designed for it to be carried in. Oh, that sounds very similar, comrade. Yes, unfortunately, yes. Um, but, you know, again, keeping the driver informed uh, saves you time, saves them time, and gets you hopefully uh, pass a driver that will accommodate you that much sooner. I took my first Uber ride in New Orleans, and it was actually a pretty good experience. Good. Well, y'all were talking about that. I have actually carried a gun in a Lyft car before. Well, I drive for Lyft as well. Back from a gun range. And that's so. something that if you're getting picked up from a gun range, it's itself, I mean, unless it's somebody who's literally, I mean, I don't know what are the word other than an idiot, uh, when they pull into there and they see the sign on the business, like when I pull into a bar, if I'm not okay with picking up people that smell like alcohol, I should be doing something else for a job. And if you pull up to a place that says gun range on it, you should not be okay, or you, you should be doing something else for a living if you're not okay picking up people from a gun range. If it says gun range right in the front, in the front of the building. All right, well, I'm going to interrupt and get to the question that that started this all patriot is asking on the stupid youtube youtube the bloated dying corpse of a social platform patriots over there for some reason asking this question going to a gun shop arrange it's not illegal but there's uber or does uber frown on taking those types of passengers they seem to be very liberal uh, about uh, there is no rules against that uh where it would fall under is the driver always has the right to refuse a destination or a passenger. Okay, so then you just use your Uber app and say, pick me up, and then somebody else says, oh, I'm on my way, and then they can make the decision to pick you up or not, so you're basically just inconvenienced if somebody has a real issue and happens to be the one that they're right. linked with. Yeah, and, and that's why earlier I suggested to Angela that uh, you would text after you made the request, like you just said, that you would text your driver because you have the ability to do that through your app of, of what your intentions are so they know. So if they're not cool with it, they would they would bow out of the ride. And then, But, I mean, uh, I don't – I feel like if you are going to – that would be like saying that it would be like bringing something up for no reason. It seems like to me. I don't Uber, but like, uh, well, because of the, you know, most people are aware whether they're involved in the gun industry or not, that Uber is a very liberal company. All right. So is it the same with other things? I guess like if you're going to Uber home with a dirty skateboard or a I don't know, something like that. You're like, you just know not to Uber. Uh, as an example, uh, I, I know women drivers that, that, that don't do pickups at strip joints. Oh, and that's okay. Uber's like, yeah, you can make that. Like you would, you could say like, I'm not going to pick anybody up or take them to an abortion clinic. And they're like, now, um, now again, it, uh, their rule doesn't say the type of place. They just leave it up to the driver's discretion. Right. Okay, so the driver can have any discretion they want, though. Yes. So, the, so it's not like it's an Uber policy. They're just going to stand behind whatever the driver comes up with. Yes. For the most part. Because so, there's too many scenarios to try to write something like that in a policy. For sure. And it doesn't sound, I mean, I'm not, unless I'm wrong, I don't Uber, but I haven't heard anything or people complain about it. So I don't, it can't be that big an issue, or is it? Uh, no, it's not. And then Patriot follows up with, I called Uber. I think he's just re re theoretically. I called Uber to pick me up, and I'm standing at the gun shop with a big bag of something. Are they going to say no? Find another way. So, I think you already said it, but just to answer his specific question there, you know. I mean, if somebody went grocery shopping, as long as I have room in my trunk, that's fine. If they have a, a dime bag, uh, that's not okay. So, you know, I mean, I guess it depends on the gun shop too. I've been to gun shops where it's one of multiple storefronts in a place so you're standing kind of in the wall between the gun shop and the muscle what do you call it lifting weights place next door then what do they know what you got in your bag that's heavy 
Right. And and I also throw in there, although it wasn't asked, if if if, if you're concealed carrying, then as long as you're concealed, why would you bring it up? You sh you shouldn't. And therefore, there's no issue. Howdy saying, last time I was in an Uber, the driver told me he was retired Marine and he always carries. We had a good combo about guns and he had no problem he was carrying. So, again, sounds like it's up to the discretion to do what they want, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the driver can either accept the ride or say, I'm sorry, but you'll need to find another driver. I'll, I'll, uh, and the driver can uh, cancel the ride so there is no charge at that point. So I guess let me add to this. So we've talked about it in general, I guess, but now specifically Patriot, the person asking is blind. So do you think that that would change your answer, I guess? I think it would just depend. If there's somebody who's like, oh, my goodness, I don't like the idea of a blind person at the range. That's a super racist bigot, like... <laughs> like an angry person, right? Like how can, I mean, they, they probably have all kinds of people they wouldn't pick up. They're gonna, you know, worry about something like that. I mean, so somebody who, who is a driver, if a driver has, you know, issues like that, it's gonna show up in other ways through their, through their ratings, since our ratings is our job security, whether even just casual conversations in the car, maybe they're not caring, but they're just talking about, you know, the, the, the the uh, our bill of rights and and things like that and it comes in a casual conversation somebody like that who's so anti it's going to come out and it will be reflected in their ratings so now that you brought up ratings when you are asking for a ride and the person maybe you say hey i'm at the range is that going to be a problem i got my guns and they say f off i'm not picking you up or whatever they say no i'm not going to pick you up i'd rather not is there any rating situation there, or is that not a transaction? It, it's not a rateable event because no ride occurred. Okay, so you have no retaliation or, or way of doing anything, really. And the way that I understand it, you can't, like, signal that as a person I'd rather not get a ride from ever again. Now, if, it, if the person said something that was illegal uh, or you consider to be immoral, uh, by all means, please save that text and send that into uber or lyft uh because lyft and uber do, do want to know if they have a problem driver out there like uh, i got in the car and the person smelled like alcohol or i got in the car and, and the person used the n-word or whatever it happens to be i mean just some sort of or i got in the car and there was this other person in the car and it was their child or something like that <laughs> Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, there's bad people in society. That means there's going to be bad people making pieces. There's going to be bad people driving Ubers and Lyft. Well, you're not supposed to bring your kid. I can understand that. But they really can't. The Uber can't have an objection to if you bring your puppy with you and you put your puppy in a baby seat. There's no problem with that. Well, actually, they do because they expect to use every um, seatbelt that's available. So let's say if you have five seatbelts, including the one that you're sitting in. That means they may send you to go pick up somebody that has four passengers. What are you going to do with that dog? And that they can hold your puppy like a baby. <laughs> they could if they're dog lovers. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been broadcasting on Instagram. I thought it was interesting that we were talking about Uber and uh, getting a ride if you went to the range. This is the kind of stuff we talk about on the Daily Gun Show uh, every weeknight at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we just chat about guns. We don't listen to whatever the news of the day is. Uh, we talk about gun shops every single day. We talk about movies and we talk about other things, history, and uh, like this, going to the uh, range or um, or the gun shop with Uber, and then to add to that, if you were blind. So that's the kind of stuff we talk about. I'm ending the uh, Instagram side. So, nope. We had 26 people watching over there for that little portion of the conversation, including gun streamers. And we got Night Strike watching, so we have two of the big uh, alternatives to stupid ass YouTube that sucks. Listening to the chat tonight. Yep. Night Strike says the Dano is anti dime bag. <laughs> well, he's Dano. 
You would have just, to book just the merchandise, not the player. Yeah. You would have to book them. That's right. That's where I got my name. Just so so if California says that the stuff in the car must belong to the driver, you can't ever pick up, you know, hookers and stuff because then they would automatically assume you were the pimp. That's a, well, that's a different kind of Uber. But uh, I uh, the generally that is true. It is assumed to be the drivers. But if you are doing a paid for service, i.e., a taxi or a, or a rideshare business such as Uber or Lyft, uh, there are others as well, um, and can prove that you are actually on a paid for ride, which I can, because for every single ride I get what's called a waybill for insurance purposes, where it lists the passenger's name, address, where they're going to, where they're coming from. Uh, and it shows, and it's time stamped, so I can show uh, an officer that to prove that I am indeed uh, on the clock, so to speak, driving for as a contractor for another company, and performing their service to by taking that passenger to some destination. So I guess I just wanted to clarify: if they had a bag of nickels, would that be the same consequences, or? <laughs> now, now that's a dime bag I'd be interested in. The question is, which kind of dime bag is worth more? I, I like the one you're showing. That looks like a bunch of silver in there to me. Maybe they're just dirty, but what, some is, of what is it? Pre 1964? Is that the? I look at the edges, and these look like complete edges. You know, not the bimetal. Yeah, they look like the real deal look like silver freaking coins so maybe this is just a picture see the couple of these look like they could be bimetal but these here don't and there's a whole bunch like that get good good get good at looking at the edges of the coins that's how you know if you've got a stack of dimes or dollar dimes or two dollar dimes or dime dimes what's going on i guess that's our cue getting boring we're ending the show so we tried to end it before, but it got kind of interesting. They're talking about Uber. Thanks for jumping in, Dano. Maybe the yep. has perked back up there. Like kicking gasoline into the afterburners. We couldn't even slow it down at that point. We just had to ride it out. Right. So, because, you know, I knew Ellis didn't have the energy to do it because he doesn't even have the energy to mute himself when he yawns. I didn't yawn. Called out. Yeah, that was me. It wasn't Ellis that yawned. Go <laughs> I mean, I could throw him under the bus and just keep quiet, but it wasn't him. It was me. Okay, Ellis, I apologize. I hope you have it's that recorded. My, it's my cat's fault. He started it. Oh, by the way, uh, I came up with a name for the dog, and I'm going to do some sort of a contest for whoever can come up with the uh, – whoever can guess the name. And uh, are you going to share some pictures when you actually do the unveil of the name? Pictures of the name, like in writing, or no, pictures of the dog. We all want to see the dog in different poses. The dog's already been on Instagram, for one thing. And Russ had the dog before I stole it, and he had it all over Instagram, also. So dogs are already widely known on Instagram. I have a wait, I have a question about this. If I contribute to the giveaway, can I know the name in the offline chat? No. <laughs> the only person that probably can figure it out is Russ because of his, you know legal papers or whatever that we're having to file but uh yeah so he's the only one that's likely to be disqualified i bet he named the dog angelina is it awkward if you name your little dog after your co-hosts of the show no it's not it's right or maybe he maybe he named it angie maybe i named it dano the girl dog <laughs> maybe i named it nine millimeter Spelled the best thing ever. Probably less than a dog would eat. All right. Well, so that was a little bit of fun there. Uh, appreciate the people that are uh, supporting the show in the various ways. Uh, we're trying to say thanks with uh, other things that we can do, and uh, we'll continue to keep moving along. It's that middle time of the year, so uh, uh, People like to uh, get out and do the things that you do during summer when school's out and you've got your vacation time, and that's when all these uh, smaller things, smaller efforts, smaller projects are getting lean. So uh, any attention and efforts you can give to them are appreciated. And uh, 
see the people over on the gun channels are going to get uh you know the channels will get a little uh you know week off here and there uh you know, just other things coming up so give them that encouragement let them know your wish they were back or when you see them back be sure to watch the shows uh, it's a little bit of encouragement that keeps people motivated and then we've got good stuff you know later on in the year when everybody's psyched and all the, sh the good stuff starts happening again and everybody's uh you know sitting in front of their computers every night we're not starting all over every year so it's always kind of weak during these middle times and i'm just i guess i'm encouraging people to uh check out the channels and the shows that are over there um, it can get tough sometimes. All right, so I guess with that, we'll uh, take off. Angelina, anything going on California ways? Uh, no, not really. Just uh, buy things from Alan Anchor and use gun channels as your promo code to save absolutely no money at all. Um, and yeah, what it. <clears throat> it's really 20% though. I'm confused. That That's a permanent condition for you. Not really. Uh, does anybody have a... Oh, I have, over here using the Instagram. I got my phone tied up. Does anybody have a quote to end us with this evening? To end it? I got a long one. Sure, that'll be good because I need to go find... Exit music, anyway. Okay, so this is uh, this quote is from Thomas Paine, who's writing in a, in a Pennsylvania magazine in July of 1775. The supposed quietude of a good man allures the ruffian, while on the other hand, arms like law discourage and keep the invader and the plunderer in awe and preserve order in the world as well as property. The balance of power is the scale of peace. The same balance would be preserved were all the world destitute of arms, for all would be alike. But since some will not, others dare not lay them aside. And while a single nation refuses to lay them down, it is proper that all should keep them up. Horrid mischief would ensue were one half of the world deprived of the use of them, for while avarice and ambition have a place in the heart of man, the weak will become a prey to the strong. The history of every age and nation establishes these truths, and facts need but little arguments when they prove themselves. That was Thomas Paine in July of 1775. Before he was hung by the British. Yeah, well... Socrates, Socrates had to drink hemlock too, you know. Truth tellers don't do real well. The guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com. Yeah. <laughs>